The Judas Cross, Chapter 8 Conrad had waited a whole lifetime to look inside this silver box. As a child, it had evoked, just by its name, Pirate's Treasure. But now, upon lifting the heavy lid, there was only a heavy disappointment. The scant regards seemed as meagre as his father's personality. There was nothing, very little, to give away the past. Oh, Conrad remembered those summer sabbaticals hiding away up in the attic behind this box, avoiding his matron Peter, who, whenever they met, would meet him out a task of tedium. Mater, feeling the need to fall into a compulsory compliance of cruelty, together they perfected Project Purgatory for him. Conrad picked up his father's medals and thought they must have been won by a man of bravery a long time ago, a hero. Conrad thought about his father, an adulterous adventurer who, in his cavalier endeavours, had created him, and now half Bosch, backdoor Sprog, a friend, floozy Frenchy. Oh, he hated the sight and smell of that snob, his father. Conrad thought to himself, one thing's for sure, the human. You can dress it up in uniform, regalia, braid, instill it with regulations, rudiments and rules. But the seven deadly sins, they were written for a reason by persons who knew exactly what they were dealing with. One of the most cunning creatures this side of the Andromeda galaxy. One percent DNA from being a wild mongrel mortality. Take away the 1% of DNA or the 1% of law. And you had a Neanderthal savage with a Stone Age brain that was last updated 300,000 years ago. Oh, the animal, ever ready. The man-eater, his bloodlust, desire to kill. He thought about his father. Probably maimed and murdered on four continents, a professional psychopath. He was so similar to an actor who was completely in character. A seamless symbiosis of soul and sanity. A mental masquerade of this conjoined conjuring. Which the actor riffs on stage and then returns to reality. But his father, oh, he'd stayed completely in character. Only once allowing his mask to slip. To show the true disfigurement of leprosy, that vile secret within, that people would be revolted by if they saw it. It was only his mother's scream that had saved him. His hands were like weapons. Mixed with hysterical strength, Conrad had been held in the air like a rabbit twisting and kicking. His father had drawn back his hand in a blade ready to slice through flesh and bone. Conrad remembered his father, his true self emerging at the end. Like a lizard, his pimpled, scaly skin was watered dark as a toad. Those eyes, once charming blue, are now slits of a cold raptor with their cataract coverings, nictating membranes of a vulture. At the deathbed, Conrad could clearly see the mark of Cain on his father's mask. His sanity had slipped completely to reveal that sartorial snake within. 
On touching his father's fevered brow, Freud's Oedipus complex had come true. His father had died instantly, proclaiming, proclaiming him a patricide. There was something nagging, Conrad, about this situation. This darling, dear half-sister, so desperate to hatch inside his head, scramble the yolk. She seemed so insistent to find something, someone, skeletons rattling around, the truth. He decided he would go into hypnosis with people, professionals of his own choosing, not this hippy-dippy crew that his sister ran with. There's something she wasn't telling him. The total story about their father. He didn't trust her at all. Then again, he never trusted any member of the human race. But letting mind mechanics loose inside his head was not the thing to do. Especially with amateurs. All but leave a cognitive screw loose. Cause the whole thing, the balance of his brain, to cease to schizophrenia. No, thought Conrad. We'll have a proper technician of the tet to do the tinkering. But he had to break the news to his darling sister. What do you mean? You're going to a London psychiatrist. I'm one of the best qualified hypnotherapists in the country. Yes, that may be so. But, sister... I have a mind to mind my own mind, if you don't mind, as it were. Oh, very amusing. I do realise that you're a complete cinch. A shrink could pull you apart in no time at all. Your suggestibility is the big easy. Your fantasia, your mental malingering. It's, it's a dead giveaway. You think, you think you're something special. Sonambulism, and, but you're not. You're a standard physical. 60-40 physical. Right hemisphere. You're not a, a, left, a left intellectual at all. Just a standard physical. Sister, I'm not interested in whether my brain is a lefty logical or a far-right radical. It's incidental. But either way, you'll have no trouble assisting the neurological nutcracker. Down on Harley Street, will you? What's her name? What's a consultant's name? Her name's on the correspondence over there on the table. God, God, I'm not playing second fiddle to this pompous little arse. Oh, you know each other. Good. And then you can crack my cranium together, can't you? Conrad Shrink sported the name or the neutrality. Of Harley, of Harley Street, a joker's assistant, Conrad punned. But there wasn't anything of a jester inside this typecast. Professional, an agender in name and nature. He'd expected a man. But this aesthetic assimilation was somewhat karmatic appeasement. She was so similar to an android, almost robotic, void of emotion. She had almost an innocent purity about her, like a child blinking back. Any bias. Her demeanour was 
humble yet as dark and powerful as a Shaolin priest. She was symmetrically, perfectly balanced, how you'd want your droid or shrink to be. But Conrad's monochrome mandarin did look a little too functionally false. She gestured a seat. The air con was slightly scented with papuri. Detergent giving everything that sense of also sterile purity. I wonder if it was part of the ergonomic friendliness developed to ease your soul into solace. Stark. Conrad's sister broke the mutual silence of the two agender asexuals who were neither disturbing or distracting each other by their peaceful presence.